Please pray with me. Lord God, we pray that your spirit might fall mightily upon us, Lord. We pray that you would let no impediment get in between us and you now, Lord God. We pray that just as a linebacker pursues a quarterback with singleness of mind, may we pursue you with that same singleness of mind. And may we focus upon you and be determined to follow you today, Lord God. We pray that you would place your words in my mouth and that you would speak to our hearts and transform us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so good to see you all today. Well, last night, uh, Tara and I were out gambling with some friends. You know, typical Saturday night behavior for the priest. And I'm not much of a gambler, you know, but I knew it was going to be a special night when my first hand was blackjack. Right? That, you know, you just know you got the magic fingers at that point, right? You know, and, and I was just making money hand over fist. It was amazing. All right, I was betting like $5,000 a hand, just laying it down there. Boom! I had a, I, one of the hands I bet a little lower. I only bet 1500 bucks on it. And I came up with two, or two aces, right? So I'd never done this before, but the guy next to me is like, you should split those. So I split them. One ace, the dealer lays down, boom, queen on top of it, blackjack, boom. The other one, 10 card, blackjack. I was, that was my kind of night, man. I was just making money. It was awesome. Tons of it. I was loving it. I'm, usually I'm not a high roller, right? You know, the clergy kind of gets in your way, but that night, man, it was amazing. But there's a challenge, right? When you start laying down 5,000 a hand, what happens when the odds turn on you? It goes bad fast, right? That, the gravy train comes to a screeching halt. But it was amazing because last night, and every time I almost ran out of cash, a hand would reach over my shoulder and drop a fresh wad of bills right next to me. It was amazing. Amazing. At one point, somebody dropped 20000 on the table next to me. And you know, that can fund some gambling. Right? That really gets you warmed up again, doesn't it? That's the kind of night I was. Well, there were only two problems with this. One, the money was fake. Right? You know, unfortunately, I wasn't rolling home with 60 grand in my pocket, which would have been a nice little, you know, bonus. Uh, no, so the money was fake. And the other thing was that our kids were at home with a babysitter. And when we got home to the babysitter, what do you think she expected to be paid with? <laughs> Real money, that's right. Yeah, that was the hard edge of life right there. Now, just like every illustration that points to the reality of God, this one falls short, maybe in some places, right? The gambling, it might, what do you think? Yeah, but the principle is there, right? This principle of this, the stores being resupplied at the right minute. Uh, that principle holds true. And we see that principle come up in uh, the uh, book of Isaiah, our Old Testament passage. Isaiah, he's an old dude. He's a prophet of the Lord in Israel, right? This is when the kingdoms are divided, northern and southern kingdom. He's preaching in the southern kingdom, but his words are also sent up to the northern kingdom as well. It's around the year 700 BC, right? So that's a long time ago. The chapter that we're in uh, begins with these words, a voice crying in the wilderness, make straight the ways of the Lord. Where will we see that, those words again? 
John the Baptist, right? 700 years after Isaiah and 2,000 years before us now, uh, John the Baptist will bring those words into the present and use them to speak about the coming of Jesus Christ. So this is an important chapter we're in the midst of, right? Now this chapter moves after that to a series of comparisons between God and humanity and between God and idols. And these comparisons are designed to remind us that God is in charge of everything and that he cares about us. Because, And the reality, though, is that people have a hard time grasping this truth for a God that transcends all things. And so Isaiah uses images to reveal the reality that God is in charge and that he does care. He speaks of the way that God transcends the earth, that he protects us by stretching out the heavens like a tent. And he reminds us that political leaders are nothing compared to him. Uh, That last tidbit is an important thing to remember around this time of year, right? That political leaders aren't such big thing as they think they are. Uh, All this stuff is great, but for Israel, it really hasn't hit home, right? These amazing sweeping things that Isaiah says don't really touch the heart of their problem. They don't see how it applies to them. Sure, Isaiah, you can say all this great stuff, but what does it mean to me? What about my problems? What about where I'm at right now? Sure, God is great and he created everything, but what about my struggle? What about where I'm at today? The Jewish people were laboring under the feeling that they were suffering in isolation that their problems were unknown to God. They thought that God had forgotten about them. They were wondering, what about me? Don't you care about me? Anyone ever been there before? Ever felt that in the last year? Last month? Last week? Last 24 hours? Yeah, we wrestle with that too. Now, through God's inspiration, Isaiah responds to this dilemma in two parts. First of all, Isaiah points out that God sees, and second, he shows us that God cares. Isaiah says, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Isaiah is telling them, be assured that the God of the universe sees your problems. He made everything. He understands everything that's out there. He understands exactly what you are going through. More than that, he doesn't get tired or worn out to such a point that he can't help them. It's not like me at the end of the day. You know, when the kids are like, help me with this, Dad. And I'm like, oh, you know, worn out. That's not how God is, is he? Nah, he's just getting wound up. He's got limitless energy. He is able and willing to hear us and to see our problems. Now, according to Isaiah, we can't see all his motivations and purposes and actions, right? His ways are unsearchable to us. We can't understand the full mind of God. And this can lead us to believe that God doesn't care when he doesn't intervene in the way we want him to. But rest assured, God does see the problems. And the reality is that God is already intervening. Isaiah tells us that he gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In this passage, Isaiah points out that God cares particularly for the faint and the powerless. He cares for those who are at the end of their strength, who don't have the resources to make it any further. Those whose tank is on empty, God cares for those people. He gives to them who have nothing. And so does God care? Yes, he cares. He knows that even young, strong people get tired out. Yet those who trust in God, or according to the passage, wait for the Lord, he will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is telling us here that he will be the wind beneath their wings. He will continue to provide for their needs and cause them to flourish if they will but trust in him. Today, we face the same spiritual quandary as the Jews in Isaiah's time. We're tired. We're worn out. We're spent. And we wonder, does God care about us? And can he do anything about it? Well, God has an answer for this dilemma. God has an answer for the state that we are in. And he answered this question 2,000 years ago when he picked up a cross and walked up a hill. He showed us that he loves us and he cares for us when he took the nails in his hands and his feet. And he showed us that he can do something about our problems when he broke through the bars of death and the stone of the tomb, the stone of the tomb, in the power of his resurrection. In these actions, Jesus Christ showed us that God cares, and more than just caring, he can do something about it. God does care about us, and he can do something about it. The question is, do we trust him? Do we trust him? Do we believe? Do we entrust ourselves fully into his hands? Because the reality is, we're all going to experience exhaustion in our lives. We're all going to come to a point where we've reached the end of our resources, the end of our strength. And at that point, what do we come to, despair or faith? Now, I know this is not the best illustration of my whole poker thing, or blackjack thing. I'm terrible at cards, right? So I can call it poker, which is not true, right? Blackjack. And I know that um, gambling is not the best illustration of God's provision, right? It's not perfect. It's close. Um, And I'm certainly not saying, like, that we should all take off after the service and go up to Reno because God's going to just keep feeding our gambling habit. Right? But if you do strike it big up there, remember the church. <laughs> right? And, and that is what I said. Right? If you, if you go up there and, and do well. Um, but if we trust him, it is like sitting at that blackjack table. God keeps feeding us resources. He doesn't just give us cash, right? I mean, I know uh, spiritually we're not going to be rich all the time. We're not going to have the house we always wanted or the car we always wanted. Um, You know, things are going to go poorly for us sometimes. But more important than money, God is going to keep on feeding us the things that we need. 
He is going to fill us up with faith, with hope, with love, with um, an understanding that tomorrow offers new grace and new joy. He is going to fill us up with his purpose and his direction in our lives. He will give us those things in abundance. When we're at the end of our rope, God will feed us. God will nourish us. And that is a true spiritual principle. might not work at the blackjack table every time, but it does work in life. And that is what Isaiah wanted his people to know, is that God is there. God cares, and God is going to fill you up. He shall cause you to mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. That is the promise that he issued to those people 2,700 years ago. And the promise is true today. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, let's claim that promise. Let's entrust ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. And let us accept the gift that he desires to give us. The gift of his presence within us. The gift of a new hope for today. The gift of an understanding of his transforming power which is given in his gospel. May we accept this gift from the Lord. And may we invest our lives. May we invest them and may we, um, may we just be all in. Right? To keep this blackjack thing going. May we be all in for Jesus. Right? Let's just put our cards on the table and say, God, I am yours. I am yours. I give you everything that I have. Everything that I am. And Lord, I know that when I give you this, I have nothing left. Because you know what happens at that point when we have nothing left? What happens? Anyone been there before? What happens? God steps in. You get a marker. God steps in. God reaches over our shoulder and he says, You are mine. I love you. And here is what you need. He provides for us. Let's be people who live like that. Let's be people who live on that raw edge of faith entrusting ourselves completely to God with abandon, with zeal, and with joy most of all. And when we do that, when we live like that, what does the world see? They see Jesus, that's right. They see Jesus. Today, let's live like people who are fully invested in our Lord Jesus Christ. And let's see what he does with our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you allow us to put everything on the table, Lord God. That you give us hope, Lord, that as we do that, you will provide for us. Lord, that you will give us the strength, Lord. That you will renew our strength. We pray that you would fill us up with your faith, your hope, and your love, Lord. We thank you for walking up that hill for us 2,000 years ago. And that you took upon yourself the consequences of our sin so that you might offer us the fruits of your righteousness. May we accept this free gift of your grace, and may we live faithfully and zealously for you this day and forevermore. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.